We're in 1 Timothy chapter 6, day 4, verses 17 to 19. And we're going back to something he talked about, Paul talked about earlier in the chapter. We're going back to a look at the importance of the way that we handle our financial resources. Verses 17 to 19 are some of the most practical verses in all of Scripture about how to handle resources that God might have put into your hands. Listen to verses 17 to 19. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Now, I want you to notice from the very beginning of these verses that Paul does not command us to not have material resources. He commands us instead about how to handle those resources that God might have put into our hands. Command those who are rich in this present world. Well, if you're listening to this, that's you. If you're able to listen to a podcast, that's you. In a world where the majority of people make less than $2 a day, the fact that you have that kind of a resource, that means you're rich in this present world. Maybe not as rich as you'd like to be, maybe not rich in comparison to your neighbors, but rich in this present world. So what do I do when I have some things, some things to manage, some things to take care of? How do I handle it? Paul says, here's two things that you do. First, you enjoy what God has given. Secondly, you give of what God has given. First, you enjoy what God has given. He says, I want you to enjoy what God has richly provided for you. Now, in order to do that, he talks about in verse 17, two guaranteed ways to suck the joy right out of your life. First, arrogance. And second, putting your hope in wealth. First, arrogance, thinking that you've earned it. You're not going to enjoy what God has given if you think you've earned it because you don't see it as what God has given. So how can you enjoy it as what God has given? You think it's something that you have earned. And it's amazing. When we've earned it, it becomes a source of pride rather than a source of joy. And I have to have more and more instead of being able to enjoy what God has given. So he says, don't be arrogant. Remember, God has given so much to you. And uh, by the way, it's a blessing. You, you say it's all you, but God gave you the ideas. God gave you the strength. God gave you the mind. God gave you the opportunity of where you were born. And to arrogantly think, oh, these poor people in the world, you weren't born in that circumstance. You weren't born with that kind of mind. You weren't born with those kind of handicaps they might have physically. So don't be arrogant. And he says, don't put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. I know many of you listening to this, you could give a testimony about how uncertain wealth is. And putting your hope in wealth that's putting your hope in something that can be lost. You put your hope in anything that can be lost, in a person, in a house, in a salary, in a job. You put your hope in anything that can be lost in this world. You put your hope in the wrong thing. Hope has to be put in something that can't be lost, the love that God has for you, the eternity that he has promised to you. You don't put your hope in wealth, but you put your hope in God. And when you do that, you realize he is a God who has richly provided us everything for our enjoyment. And I can enjoy the food that he's given. I can enjoy the way that I can, can be blessed by him in order to enjoy what he's made even in this world. Heaven's going to be perfect. This world isn't perfect. But I can still enjoy some of the things that God has made in this world. And when I do, I should smile, realizing it's what he has done. Enjoying what God has given is part of handling the things that God has put into your life. 
When I act guilty about everything that God has given into my life, and some people do, I can't enjoy anything that he's given, eventually you're not going to want to be around God anymore. Who wants to be around someone who always makes you feel guilty about what you have? So you enjoy what God has given. But that's not all. You also give of what God has given. This is crucial because giving is the antidote to materialism. That's the way that you fight materialism in your life. And giving is an investment in eternity. The material things I have in this life, they're only going to last as long as this life. So the Bible says you give happily to those in need, always being ready to share whatever God has given this. Living Bible translates this, by doing this, you're storing up real treasure for yourselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. Now, it talks here about treasure in heaven. What, what is this, this treasure in heaven? Treasure in heaven confuses some people because they think, well, wait, wait, in heaven, won't we have all our needs met? Why do I need some kind of treasure in heaven? In fact, if it's true that I'm going to have some kind of treasure in heaven, doesn't that mean that other people would be jealous of, of, of the things that I have and they don't have? Well, let me clear up all of that. This, this treasure that's being talked about here, it is not about your needs. It is about giving glory to God. The treasure in heaven is greater capacity to serve God for eternity. It's more people praising him for eternity because you've shared your faith with them. Maybe even using your financial means to get to a place, to go to a place where you could share your faith. The treasure that's talked about in heaven is greater glory to God. And that is a treasure that we can all rejoice in. It's not a treasure where I'm going to have it and you're not. It's, it's a treasure in heaven that we all rejoice in together. And I want to bring more joy into heaven for eternity. It's what's going to last I like to enjoy things on this earth. I should enjoy things here on this earth. That's what these verses say. But I also should enjoy, build joy for what's going to happen forever. Now, these verses are written to those who are surrounded by material things. And they tell us how to have faith when you're surrounded by material things. How do you handle the temptation of the possession of things? If you try to build your life around things, they will begin to overwhelm your life. How do you handle it? Paul says, here's what you do. Command them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, to be willing to share. You go after God. You do what these verses say. You do good. You help others. You give. You give of what God has given as well as enjoying what God has given. Now, one version when it says give says be extravagantly generous. That's because generosity is extravagant. You can't be miserly extravagant. In order to be generous, there is an extravagance to it. And who doesn't like to be extravagant? I, I, I love to go out to an extravagant meal, especially if you happen to be paying for it. I love that. Everybody loves that. Who, who wouldn't love to go on an extravagant vacation? There's something in all of us that loves extravagance. This verse reminds us that when it comes to extravagance, there is no better extravagance to bring joy to your life than extravagantly giving. Now, how do I know that? Because Jesus told us. Jesus said there is more happiness in giving than in receiving. I love that verse because it's so practically clear. Jesus was honest. He said there's more happiness in giving. He didn't say there's no happiness in receiving. There is some happiness in receiving. Of course there is. We all realize that. But Jesus said there is more happiness in giving. That's not the way most of the world thinks. But the truth is the greatest joy of life is not in what you earn. The greatest joy in life is in what you give. That's where your greatest joys will always come from. The greatest joy in life comes from being an extravagant giver. When you make the decision 
to give. It brings more joy to your life than anyone else. And you make the decision not to give, it holds joy at bay in your life. When you make the decision to give, it builds a wall and a barrier against this temptation to materialism. I mean, you ever look at your kids and you become concerned that they might become materialistic? You should think about that. I know I did when our kids were growing up. They had more things around them than I did when I was growing up. How do you make sure that your kids don't become materialistic? Well, the truth is you can be materialistic whether you have a lot or you have a little. But the way that you make sure that they don't become materialistic is by your example. You give and you teach them to give. You teach them that the things that God puts into our lives are, are, are just tools. They're tools to be used not only to bless us, but also to bless other people. And when you teach them to see things in that way by giving, and by the way, that's the only way to teach that, then you break the grip of materialism in their life. That is the power, that is the power that giving has. If you think you're not susceptible to the temptation to chase after being rich, to the temptations of materialism, Hello, you're a human being. We all have that temptation. It's part of the human condition. Materialism is like a, a swarm of mosquitoes, I always think of, that's constantly around us. And you will get bit because it's always flying around you. What you need is like some spiritual bug spray. And 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 to 19, it's sort of God's spiritual bug spray, his spiritual off for materialism. It's like he says, you, you want to get rich? And that's us, that's you then you need to do this. You, you go after God, it's like, you spray that on. You do good, that's like, spray that on. You help others, that's a spray. You be extravagantly generous, you keep spraying on the bug spray because unless you spray it on, the mosquitoes are gonna get you. You're not protected without doing these things in your life against materialism. But when you do these things, you are protected against the temptation of materialism. Let's take a minute to talk to Jesus, who's given so much to us. Lord, I admit it. I can be tempted by things. Oh, so easily. I can be tempted to think I deserve that, or I want that, or I need that to meet a need in my life. And Lord, you've told us to enjoy the things you put into life. You don't mind when we enjoy what you've made and what you've done and what you've given. But Lord, you've also told us to give. So help us to be givers and not hoarders. Help us to be those who recognize that our contentment is found by the simple things you've already given and who don't feel like we need more in order to be satisfied or fulfilled in life. And because of that, God, help us to truly enjoy what you've given and truly give out of what you've given. Extravagantly give, sacrificially give because we live in a world where there are needs and you care about those needs. Help us to see how we can be a part of meeting those needs by giving through your church and to those who are in need. Help us to recognize when we do that, Jesus, we are we're worshiping you. We're serving you. We're responding to what you've done in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And don't miss tomorrow. The last verses of chapter 6 and our last look at the book of 1 Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> 